Fuck around with your Beretta. Protecting yours at any cost. Magazines ready to take another level. Yeah. Let your flag fly in any weather. Straight gang banging nigga on whatever. Hey. Then tell me where you practice what you preach, chief. Please point these guns at these oppressors. Time to stretch and work it out now. Work it out. Work it out. Hey. Work it out. And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Oh, all right. I just had to make sure that we was live. <laughs> I had to double, triple check. Um, <laughs> anyway, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. Um, shout out to the family at NerveDJsRadio.com. Tonight we have an extra special friend of the show. Director of the Murder Inc. Story documentary. If you have not checked out the first episode, which aired last Tuesday, make sure you go do that because episode two airs tomorrow at 9 p.m. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Michael J. Payton. What's good, bro? How you doing, man? Glad to be doing great, man. Uh, Man. You know, I had a nice little intro. We we live, we recording. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, man, how's life? How's the family? Oh man, everything's good, man. We've just been celebrating this uh launch of the murdering story on BT and it's been phenomenal. When I tell you that the 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 feedback has been through the roof. Like I've I'm shocked. You know, I not to say I'm shocked that I know we put out a good product, but you know, you just know the internet is like the cruelest thing in the world and they'll tell you how they really feel. And I can say overwhelmingly, the response has been just like people are just blown away by it. So what's the best thing you've heard about it so far? Like what what, what was like you saw a comment and actually it was just like, wow, you said that? Oh, man, I've been getting so many comments like, uh, man, this has got me feeling nostalgia. This has got me feeling back to when in those days this is inspiring me to move and, and want to like get back on my grind because episode one is so much about the come up you know it's all yeah. about urban it's come up and uh starting out from queens and then eventually you know working his way to becoming an, uh, a producer and then ultimately having his own label at at def jam uh which ultimately became murder inc so when you see that hustle when you really see that grind played out in real time it's it's inspiring man it's, it's motivating even as i watch it as, as many times as i've seen the cut over and over again every time i watch it i'm a little bit inspired again because it's just it's just a phenomenal remarkable story man i mean but let's keep it a buck bro like your story is no less re- remarkable or uh inspirational man. you know you, and man. all you know all salute to herb like f- fucking phenomenal love loved it but your shit bro like like I saw a picture of you posted of you and Kevin Lyles. Oh man. You read yeah. his book at like 15 yeah. and full circle. Like you got a couple full circle moments oh, and man. we'll get to, we'll get to those. But but how was it sitting down with Kevin Lyles? Man, like you said, I've had a number of full circle moments and that had to be one of the most gratifying. I mean, um obviously we'll get to a couple of the other ones, a couple of the other big mm-hmm. ones uh down the road, but like that that was really gratifying because, like I said, like you said, um, I read Kevin Lyle's book at the age of 15. I remember I, it was Christmas time. Of, I think my mom had got it for me for Christmas. And mm-hmm. it was 2015 uh, when I, and I, uh, I'm sorry, I was 15. It may, I, may have been, I don't know when the year was, but I was 15 years old and I read that book, you know, because I was, I started off as an artist. 
uh, mm -hmm. a rapper, a producer myself, and I was trying to find ways to break into the business. And you know, being a cat from the Bay Area, trying to break in on the you know um, at the industry level, on the big level, was just hard. So I was always reading everything from you know all the big wigs who had broke through and um, kind of gave you that little game. So I read Kevin Lyle's book, and he talked about how he went from you know himself being a rapper. Actually, mm -hmm. folks don't know a lot of folks may not know this, but he actually wrote the Million Vanilli song "Girl, You Know It's True." Uh, I had no clue about that. He wrote that. They stole the song from him. He sued them, got a lot of money, and that was kind of his entrance, his uh, entryway into the music business. But he eventually found that he didn't just want to be an artist; he wanted to be a guy on the behind the scenes. And so he started working. He he didn't start working. He just begged somebody, and maybe Leor Cohen or Russell Simmons, or one of them. He begged them to just work at Def Jam for free mm -hmm. uh, when he was a young, you know, when he was younger. And he worked so hard within six years, he became president of the company. Um, and when you read this book, it's just so inspiring. And it's like, he just tells you that you got to do every little small job, every little tech, things that you think may be beneath you, things that you know you're overqualified to do. Just always be willing to be of service and be willing to give of yourself. And people will see that. The right people will see that and you will eventually move your way up the ladder. And I, and I took that to heart. And mm -hmm. Um, I started interning at the radio station um, in the Bay and I worked my way up, you know, um, just learning, just learning, like just doing everything, every little job, every little, I would do things for free. I would do things and not get paid what I was supposed to get paid to do, you know, but I was always just working my way, trying to learn and doing any little thing. No job was too small for me. And um, I think that's ultimately the kind of drive and the, and the, the values that I, took from reading Kevin's book ultimately mm -hmm. got me to where, you know, I was able to sit down with them and, and interview them for my, my TV documentary. So that, that, you know, those kind of things are just complete. Um, you know, one of the many full circle moments I've had in my, in my life. So, so was he what you envisioned? Yeah. You know, let me tell you, I, I've actually, I met Kev um, actually went out, you know, talking about, I mean, my life has just been a, been a, uh, just a freaking hodgepodge of these, uh, these, if you want to call them full circle moments. Right. Uh, but, but when I got the set internship at the radio station, I was just talking about, mm -hmm. I probably been working there a month. Right. Um, and I worked a concert and I think at the time Kevin uh, was managing an the artist there and he, I happened, I was just working the booth or something as a radio intern, wasn't really thinking much of it. He walked up to the booth. I didn't even know Kevin Lyles was there. He walked up to the booth and just shook my hand. I didn't, I didn't even, it took me a second to even realize who he was and like, oh shit, that's Kevin Lyles, right? And right. he was like, man, I see you working, grinding, keep going, you know, brother. And I was like, yo, Kev, I got to get a picture with you, man. You, your book changed my life. I, you know, I had one of my friends snap a picture uh, that you can see on our, our Instagram. I was just so happy. That was like one of my first times that I knew. I'm on the right path. Right. And so he, uh -huh. he just his his humility and his, you know, he, he didn't have to walk up to some lowly intern or just some, you know, radio booth. But he walked up and shook my hand. I think he may have shook a couple of other of our interns hands and just, you know, he just had that 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 great spirit. And it was no different when I met him now, 10 years later. Um, that was 2012 when we first met 10 mm -hmm. years later um, when I sat down and, and I kind of reminded him of that moment. He was just like. Wow, wow, man, like, look at God, you know, and Kev is just very, very humble and just a, a hard worker and humble dude. And it was just it was everything you would expect. 
Wow. All right. So let me um like you you've been on the show before, and and full disclosure, like I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like he was on the show last Thursday, and I completely fucked it up. Didn't record it. Nothing. And I'm like, oh. God, I'm like, I'm dying on the inside. It was a beautiful conversation. I hit him up and he's like, bro, let's just do it again. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this nigga got all this shit going on, like celebrating uh, just just everything, getting a million calls. And he willing to take another hour out of his day to chop it up with me. That I, I can't possibly thank you enough for that, bro. And no. I think the public needs to know about that. No, bro, I appreciate you telling that. Listen, man. Uh, it's that it's just that work ethic that I just told you about. And first of all, you a good dude and you a good brother. And I see what you're doing. I love the platform that you created here. And I really genuinely enjoyed the, the first conversation we had and the second conversation. We just took it to another level. So I'm like, listen, anything you need from me, bro, I'm, I'm always going to be here. And but it's just also that spirit of, of of working hard. Like you have to work hard. And I don't care if I got, you know, 10 followers, 10,000 uh, followers or 10 million or whatever I'm doing at the time. I'm always you always got to stay humble and just keep working like this is work and um, it don't feel like work when we chopping it up. But, you yeah. know, we, we we out here doing the job. We all here creating this content and um, trying to get the word out to people about this doc. And you got to just keep grinding, keep hustling, stay humble, man. Things happen. I've had so many <laughs> mishaps and stuff. I've had. Listen, I've had Irv has had to call me so many times. He just called me last week and screamed at me for making some mistakes. That I, you know what I'm saying? Like, really? it happens, man, like, but, but, uh, but, but you got to stay humble and just keep working and take care of the people that take care of you. You know, you, what's you that get, call like though? So, oh man, you don't even want to know about it, man. <laughs> I, I kind of do. Irv is Irv, man. So when you, you know, he's very passionate about, um, what, what he, you know, what we're building with this mm -hmm. documentary. And he's very passionate about, you know, just getting the, you know, getting the story told in the, in the best way possible. And there's a couple of things that we had missed in the cut. And mm -hmm. um, he was just like, why did you guys leave this out? Why? And he was, you know, just, but it's Herb, but you know, when he does it, when he's screaming, screaming at you, it's out of love. It's out of, it's out of the fact that he wants this to be the best that it can be. And he's going to push uh, everybody that's working on this to be, and even though Herb is not day to day necessarily on this project, because he's given, you know, he, he, allowed us full autonomy just to tell the story in the, mm -hmm. in the way that's, you know, transparent and, and um, not biased in any way. Um, but, you know, when he does finally get to sit, sit and watch these things, he's like, you know, how could you miss this? And, you know, of course, you know, when, when, when Irv, uh, when Irv talks to you, he's very, he's very passionate, you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, uh, and, and there's a few expletives and things that, uh, it, it, that was said that's probably even too, too hot for this team for, for, the, for the internet you know what i'm saying but but he was uh but but at the end of the day you know it's done all because we want the best project but you know that, that's just how it goes man we we everybody makes uh i don't want to say mistakes you either I, I like to say you either win or you learn you know right. and um and, and there's no such thing as a, to me there's no such thing as failure to me you only fail when you quit now we would have failed if we would have if we would have did this great incredible interview we didn't record it, but then we we were like, oh well, we're not doing it. That's a failure. But we 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 just learned. We like, okay, there's some things that we can do better this time, and I, there's some things I could have said cleaner, and I'm gonna say it better this time. And uh, and, <laughs> and uh, some of the things I probably won't reveal again. Uh, but no, no, but um, but no, that's that's just how it is, man. You either win or you learn, and that's that's why we're here. Speaking of Irv, um, 
he's he's got a, a a complex reputation to say the least. How do you humanize him? Matter of fact, talk to me about what was the room like when he was speaking on his father. Oh man. Well, you know, it's not hard to, I'll say this first, it's not hard to humanize Irv, right? Irv okay. is, he walks around with his heart on his sleeve, and sometimes that's a problem, because he mm-hmm. says, he always says what he, um, he always says what he feels, whether it's politically correct or right or cool or not, you know, um, and he's very vulnerable. But I'll tell you this, when, you know, for those of you who may have watched um, episode one, uh, and I don't want to give away the story too much, but you know, Irv speaks about his father, Poppy, who um, who passed away about a year after um, I did the interview with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he 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 got emotional. And I, when I, and and his father was his hero. His father was, you know, I, I grew up looking up to Irv and Jay and um, and all these cats. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as my dad to a certain degree. But, but it, <laughs> you know, you. but 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 but. These guys were my super, like my comic book heroes, if you will, right? They, these guys were my Superman, my Batman. No, no, no. For Herb, Poppy was his superhero for real. Like it okay. wasn't nobody else. It was so that was his. And and you know, I'll say this too. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of us in the black community who have grew up with without fathers in our home, uh, mm-hmm. who grew up with, you know, we might know you, you might know your pops, but he's over there and you over here with my, whatever, but. But but Er's father stayed in the house. Like he had eight kids. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of money. He could have walked away. He could have did you know what well, so many men at that era in that era did. You know when you talk to Jay and or you hear Jay's story, his dad had a similar thing. He walked away. You know mm-hmm. he and, and he he couldn't take the pressure of dealing. But Poppy stayed, held it down forever, and was the the the, the true. Uh, patriarch of the family and really held the family down and really was the glue. So when he when he passed away, you feel you know his absence in that family. Mm-hmm. And so again, when Earth speaks about Poppy, he just got emotional. When I tell you, you can hear a pin drop in the room. That is mm-hmm. not hyperbole. That's not no you know cliche. That is for real. Every all were sitting there, and, and I was getting even me. I was sitting there choking back tears and. You know the 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 gaffer and the the AC was over here. You know choking back tears, and it was just a real moment. And those are the moments that I think get overshadowed, which is why it's so unfortunate. That so much of this negativity and controversy has came out um, around things that he may have said in other interviews, right? Because mm-hmm. you really get to see it. This is a full like none of us are just all one thing, right? Sure, Herb has his side that can be problematic, or you know wear too much of his heart on his sleeve, but he also is a very much a great guy. He's a great family man. And I think um, sometimes that gets overshadowed, not, not saying it's anybody else's fault, but his sometimes, right. And he'll, he'll right. admit that. But, um, but, but again, you know, just to get back to your original question. It's not hard to humanize because he is a very, very human and very um, just a very good human being, despite what, you know, the mm-hmm. media may say, right? And what, what the headlines may read, he's just a good human being, family man, a good brother, son, father, who um, love his passion about his family and passionate about what he does. Okay. And you know what? I, I will say, like, like one thing, I, I try to make sure, or at least I would like for our brothers and sisters to be shown in a positive light. Um, mm-hmm. 
the dude is just good at promoting. Yeah. And and he knows what gets the people going. Yeah. Is, is he wrong sometime? Absolutely. But which one of us isn't? Mm-hmm. He but he's made a shitload of people rich. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so you 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 got to give him his flowers for doing that. Absolutely. Um, and for those people who haven't checked out our first interview, I just want to give them a quick uh, rundown that you made your own documentary on Murder, Inc. Uh, Irv, somebody inboxed it to him, DM them, whatever the case may be. They reach out to you. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That another full circle situation. Um, highlight for you of the documentary. Oh, man. I mean, so many. Um this whole thing was just again. I'm gonna keep using this this word, this term, until we get sick of it, right? But full circle is just that doesn't even begin to really explain it, man. Because when I mm-hmm. when I when Earth first reached out to me and I made this this unauthorized doc and they got the opportunity to direct this doc, it's I mean, listen, Irv and Murder Inc are the reason I even got into the music business in the first place. That's no cap at all. Like really, that, that was no cap, no cap. The I remember it was the, it was the summer of 2000 and three or two maybe three and it was um it was it was the you remember if you y'all remember that song that that josh shanti and murdering uh charlie baltimore vita they had uh down down ass chick uh part two yeah, i want to be your chick and that that was the album that on that album um herb Gotti presents the ink that was off of that mm-hmm. album and i remember for some reason that whole summer me just playing that album over and over again looking at the artwork because in the artwork, it was, you know, Irv Gotti in the center, right? And they were all dressed like this old mobster gangster 1940s uh, shit, right? Which I thought right. was dope as a, like, was dope. 11-year-old kid. You're like, ah. You yeah, know, and then, and then you see around them all, you know, Ja, Shanti, you know, all the murdering artists um, around them. And you kind of see, like, wait, who is this guy? Why is he the center of the, oh, he's the producer. Oh, he's the record label owner. Oh, he's the boss. And that made me want to start making records myself because I never really, I mean, as a young kid, you know, you, of course, everybody wants to rap and do that. And, but I was like, okay, I want to, I want to also be the boss. I also want to be like this guy, Irv. I want to have artists. And so I started putting together little uh, mixtapes with me and my cousins. And I would have my cousins come in, even though they didn't even rap or sing, but I was like, get on this song and sing and rap. And, and I would put together (laughs) little little compilation CDs, right. Uh, With just all of them. And I would share them around the family and we would just share. And that was kind of my first thing. Like, you know, I kind of like doing this music thing that got me in the door. You know, ultimately I would, I would evolve and, um, and, and, and do uh, end up doing this film thing. But that was the whole thing that started me on this hip hop journey of really thinking I want to be involved in this business. So mm-hmm. a long winded way of saying that this whole thing has been a real full circle moment to be able to interview and talk to Ja, Vita, uh, Charlie Baltimore. Uh, um, now I didn't get a chance to talk to Ashanti. We'll talk about that later, but I did. Whoa, whoa, I did whoa, whoa. since you brought it up. <laughs> oh shit. Let's, 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 let's get that out there with the elephant in the room. Oh my God. Right, that we all we all know the comments that were made. Um, shout out to Ja Rule. I think the brother handled that like 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 his brother, like he should handle that. Um, and I think just and I don't know Irv, but I get I, I would guess that if he could go back and maybe reword some things, he probably would. 
Um, but did you guys reach out to Ashante? For the for the documentary, yeah, we absolutely. Yes. I, I personally uh reached out to Ashanti uh to her mom mm-hmm. and you know who's her manager and her management team. I, I reached out a couple of times and I have to say that, that they were very respectful. They mm-hmm. weren't like, you know, oh hell no, nah, we ain't fuck. No, it wasn't that. They were they were like, listen, and, and and I broke it down. I said my piece, I said, listen, I understand um that there's some muddy waters here i understand that there may be some but i want to give i don't i i wouldn't feel right and i'm paraphrasing so you know don't, don't, but but i wouldn't feel right to not as the, the director to not have ashanti's voice represented in a real way to be able to 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 speak to anything she wants to speak to or not speak mm-hmm. to anything she wants to speak to and um my I, I reached out several other other producers reached out but again they they, they respectively respectfully uh declined and said we think it's best as a as a team that we don't involve ourselves in that right mm-hmm. and um of course you're disappointed because there's a hole yeah. in my opinion there's a gaping hole missing there because while we do tell Ashanti's story um the best way we can and we try to do it in a I try my best to do it in a in as much of a, a unbiased way as possible mm-hmm. um because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Ashanti. I'm a fan of her music, and I, I respect and appreciate what she's contributed to the to the to the culture. So I didn't want to be one sided, but unfortunately, uh, we just didn't have anybody from that side to represent uh, yeah. to represent her in the interview form. So um, that that definitely was a disappointment for sure. But um, listen, I'll say this. I'll say this um, to be keeping it one hundred. Uh, while I'm disappointed that Ashanti did not uh, participate and I would like to have had her participate, there's also some things that are deeper than rap to to yeah. quote Rick Ross, right? Yeah. Um, and I think there's some things that that deserve to be handled behind the scenes before they're handled in front of the camera, I right? And um, I have to say that Ashanti is a, you know, first of all, she's a a, a woman, she's a black woman. She is a uh, trailblazing black woman who Thanks. who I mean, she laid the groundwork and broke so many records and she, she deserves our respect. She deserves our admiration and she also deserves her privacy. Right. Yeah. If she wants to speak on certain things or not, that's her. Right. And who, who the hell am I as a as a guy, even though I'm directing this thing but as as a as a man, who am I to tell her what she should and what she should not speak on? I right. And so if she wants to speak on. Uh, any situations that may or may have taken place, that's her right. If she doesn't want to speak on it, that's her right as well. Now, of course, again, the 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 capitalist in me would like to have had this constant <laughs> in my documentary, <laughs> right? But but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm a man first. I'm, I'm I grew up in a in a in a family full of women, and right. I understand that some things are just you don't want to. We should never get to a space where we invade where we invading um, someone's. Uh, personal um, space where they don't want to speak on certain things. I think, and I think we should re- respect that. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I guess I'll just leave it at that. But, but again, while I'm disappointed that she didn't participate, yes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I respect her decision to protect her and hers. Right? That's that's what she, you know, what, that, that's her right, and we gotta respect that. And we shouldn't. Um, I, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, so. Did did Irv allot you the freedom 
to edit it the way you saw fit? Or was he like, I need this, 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 and lead us out? No, no. I mean, Irv, like I said, the top gave us pretty, uh, pretty wide, a pretty wide net, right? Mm-hmm. To to tell this something, he told me from the very beginning before we ever got a camera up three years ago. He was like, mm-hmm. "I want you to tell the whole story." If people want want to come on and say, "Fuck Irv Gotti," we go let him say it and don't cut it out. Like he and trust me, trust me. When you watch this, y'all might have got through episode one and it was nice and it was a cool story wait till you get through the rest of this series man because i'm gonna tell you something it ain't it ain't all pretty and roses and stuff right like people are keeping it 1000 about urban here like straight up like ain't, ain't nobody pulling back no punches people are you know everyone from um leor cohen to jay-z to kevin laos to steve stout these guys are keeping it a hundred percent real about urban and, and to a point where even when I'm watching it back, I'm like, damn, I hope, I hope, uh, <laughs> get, you know, don't feel the type of way about me for letting this even go in there. But it's, it's people keeping it real. And, and, and I think you got look, I think if anybody respects that, mm-hmm. it's going to be her because that's what he does. Right. He keeps it too real sometimes. And, and, and you know, uh, but I think um, I, I think it's good because it really you get a full balanced perspective about uh murdering about herb about this era in hip-hop and i think that is um that's really one of the secret sauces of this doc that we didn't hold anything back we didn't have anybody telling us don't you know take this out don't don't say that i uh, don't do no like we we absolutely um we held no punches and we and we i let people tell their stories i think you should mm-hmm. i feel you on that um were you surprised at all by anybody's honesty yeah yeah to be honest i mean i i really was on uh uh i again i want to give the store away i want the i want the viewers to watch it and I see it for themselves but but there was some interviews there was a couple of interviews um that i'm like yo like you, you want to say this like, which you like did you, you ask anybody that huh did you ask no, anybody I, that just go i mean I, I really i some there's some people that i didn't even really ask these questions too they kind of volunteered this stuff you know like you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you know I, I i won't say who but there was a number of people who basically said yo herb could have been so much bigger with than what he was and the murdering could have been so much bigger and lasted so much longer if it wasn't for some of the stupid shit that herb did now and this not not my words this is their words right yeah and that was a consistent theme in so many people's interviews like yo this guy was just brilliant and he was this and that and still brilliant people still give him th- that those flowers like yo he's such a but sometimes he gets in his own way and that was one of the things that really just shocked because you know you, when you hang around for somebody for three years you kind of pick up on certain things but you don't know if, are you the only one seeing this or is, is our other so when you hear these big wigs saying this same thing it's like oh, okay this is a this is something that people have um have have just they've seen and they they know this is is who he is and that was one of the things that just really shocking to me that he that people were just so um quick to point that out that uh that that bruh's not perfect you know and as he would admit too you know Mm -hmm. were you shocked with his honesty no no (laughs) no (laughs) i just said was and and you know what and not not in the how about I take that back? Were you shocked at his vulnerability? 
Yes, yes. I was shocked by, by the fact that you know, like, like I said, when he got would get emotional about popping, mm. he he actually got emotional about uh, a couple other things. I'm not sure if they all made it into the cut, the final cut, but um, yeah, because you know, as I have been around her for the last three, four years or so, he has a very, you know, yeah, he wears his heart on his sleeve, but mm. he also has a very tough uh, cool, uh, uh, bravado and it very hardcore like he's not um he 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 doesn't really come across as an emotional kind of guy now like of course he'll get passionate and he'll but not like to a sense where he'll like shed a tear right Mm -hmm. and and so when i seen him shed those tears uh a few times and was willing to do that in front of everybody um in front of the world um that that really that did kind of shock me because i wasn't expecting i was just kind of expecting the the herb Gotti you know, the, the gangster image that, that, that yeah. is often out there. But I was kind of shocked at the, the, this pure uh, vulnerability and willingness to be so, so candid, you know? Um, so yeah, that, 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 that was shocking to me. Okay. And so I saw the story, I think it was hip hop DX uh, about the full circle with Jay-Z. Oh man. Um, let, let's, let's talk about that. And, 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 Matter of fact, you you get the call. Okay, we got Jay Z. You walk in the room. For you personally, what's your first thought when you see Jigga? I say this, man. I'm and I'm. I'll be. I'm gonna again. We're keeping it 100 today, oh, right? Absolutely. It's, it's intellectually petty radio, so I'm gonna keep it 100. <laughs> I don't get nervous about anything or anybody. Anymore. Really? No, I'm. 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 Listen, I'm 30 plus years old. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen so many people i've been around enough that i don't really get rap i'll tell you this when i was waiting in the hallway uh or, or in the lobby waiting for for jay to come in i i got the butterflies i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie because and it's not just it's it's because not only what what you know just the fact i'm a fan right i mean i got i know every jay z line ever from every lyric every song every album like i'm a huge fan. I consider him to be the greatest of all time, in my yeah. opinion, right? I feel um, you. And, I disagree, but I feel you. Yeah, but the, the, and it's, I know it's up for debate, but for me, <laughs> the greatest of all, not just because of what he's done on the mic, but also what he does outside the mic. But, but, but you know, again, so what, what, you know, when I went through um, undergrad uh, at San Francisco State University uh, from 2009 till I graduated, I think 2015 or so, um, the, the Sean Carter Scholarship Foundation, which is Jay-Z's scholarship foundation, put me through school. It, was, it gave me a big chunk of uh, financial assistance that was mm. that allowed me to really delve into my, my academics, my, my studies, and buy the equipment that I need, buy all the gear and everything that I needed to study my, my major, which was TV and radio broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be in that room and that on that day, um, not only as a as a fan, a real a mega fan, but also as someone who is a product of his organization, his foundation. I was sitting there and I was, you know, this was this was I was I was I was and then when he walked in, I didn't even know who he I was just I was such in a in a in a in a fog that when he walked in, I was just like, Oh, okay, that's that's Jay, right? But he was so cool and and um and and very just a cool you know sweet guy and and very um 
very welcoming. And, um, and, you know, all the nerves obviously went away after that when we got into our conversation. But when, you know, after, our, after actually before our con- before I actually interviewed him, when we were setting up, I told him mm-hmm. that, you know, Jay, I'm actually one of your scholars and, you know, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for you. And he, he just sat there and looked at me for a minute and he was just like, he was just like, wow. Like, he, and I think I said it in my, um, in my post, he was like, man, he's like life, man, life. This is amazing. That's why I repeated that line. But he was just so enamored that uh, after our interview, uh, he he pulled out his phone, uh, hit the FaceTime button and, and called his mom, Miss Gloria, Gloria Carter, who runs his foundation and uh, connected us there and shared my story. And uh, we all sat there and got emotional because it was his big, you know, it was just a, a, a great moment. And um uh yeah man i mean it, that that was just one of those things that you just you you couldn't if you know if, if you would have wrote it you couldn't have scripted it as good as that you know and, and talking about full circle moment to have to have jay pay for my edu- college education to me getting a chance to work in my first major tv directorial debut i mean you, you made know, it worth it for them man Man. It was tangible. They could actually reach out and say, hey, this is why we started this. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. pretty dope. Um, and, and have you spoken to either one of them since? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> to go take it a little further, um, maybe a week, a couple of weeks that went, went by. And mm. I, I heard through the grapevine that um, that Hova asked for my information and you know, I, I think to connect me with his mom, but you know, he's a, he's busy. He's a kind of a busy guy, you know? So I, I just figured that, you know, uh, that's a sweet, great gesture, but I probably would never really, you know, hear from him again, but and cool. We'll cross paths at some point. So I'm sitting in my crib one day and, um, and my phone rings, uh, a New York number and I, and I, I call it back and who's on the other line, but, uh, the sweetest voice you ever want to hear, Miss Gloria Carter, right? Mm-hmm. And she's she's she basically um, said, you know, she was so inspired and so happy that we were able to connect again. And she asked me, so the, the, to give some context, the Sean Carter Foundation does this uh, annual bus tour for HBCUs okay. uh, every year. Um, uh, and obviously due to the pandemic, they had to uh, scale it back and do yeah. virtual bus tours. So... Um, uh, Miss Carter asked me if I could would come and speak, you know, via Zoom to her her new class of scholars who are doing this bus tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I, absolutely. Like, what? Of course. <laughs> and so, you know, we we did. And uh, I connected with them and I spoke to the students. It was amazing. Um, and then, yeah, we've had several conversations after we've been talking about doing uh, some projects together. We're actually collaborating on a couple of things together. Um, um, so I, I, I get a chance to, uh, speak to Miss Carter quite free, you know, uh, often cause we're, we're, we're now working together now. So that's, wow. and I don't want, I don't want to get too much, too far into that yet, but, um, uh, definitely we'll have some announcements in the coming, uh, uh, weeks or months, but, um, but yeah, let's just say that definitely I'm, 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 um, uh, you know, you see the hat, this is the, the, <laughs> the you know, rock well, nation hat, but. But, you know um, when when you um when you get invited to go to to, to you know the, the mansion 
you know, and y'all just <laughs> oh. kicking back, chilling, you know, just bring up intellectually petty radio. Listen, man, I don't know if they... I don't know if I'm that cool, you know, but I, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored just to be, you know, to be able to to, to say that I'm I'm able to uh, contribute in any way to this foundation that gave so much to me, and I know it's going to give so much to future um, to future scholars and 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 the current scholars mm-hmm. that they have. I, I, like I told Miss Carter, uh, I would I'm going to do any and everything in my power as long as I have resources, a platform, or a voice, or air in my lungs to always scream the Sean Carter foundation and um, let people know that, that they're, they're really out there doing, doing the work and I'm a product of it. That's dope. So when people say, you know, I see the memes all around like, Oh, well, we got all these black billionaires and stuff, but we got no schools. We got no, I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about, but I'm, I'm an actual product of, of these guys. Jay has this amazing scholarship foundation. Rock nation now has a school uh at uh in new york diddy I didn't know that diddy has a school in harlem uh a couple of charter schools in harlem i think ti is doing like affordable housing in atlanta like there's there's so many you know artists out here really doing the work and, and giving back in a real meaningful way that may not get blown up because you know what? honestly a lot of folks don't want this to be blown up they, they just want to do it that yeah uh, jay has a line that i love it says the best form of giving is anonymous to anonymous you know, I you completely know. disagree with that, though, because I, I, you'll, bra- you'll brag about your cars, you'll brag about Tom Ford's and you'll brag about your expenditures for yourself. Brag about your expenditures for your community. Make that a thing. No, I listen Just my I, two cents. to a certain degree. I, 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 I agree. And I think they do use their platform in a, in a very smart way. Like, it's not like. Oh yeah, I just gave this much money to these people and blah. Look at me. It's it's really like they're really focused on doing the work. So it's not so it's not about the, mm-hmm. the accolades, right? And and you know, every so often you get somebody like me who'll pop up and be a, a product and a shining example of what their work is. And I think that that that's that's good enough because guess what? I'm gonna spread the word and I'm gonna tell people about what they're doing. I'm gonna continue to bring attention and light to that. And you know, um uh and and I think that's I think that's again I I don't I don't disagree that we should always be, we should scream this stuff as loud as we do about the the other stuff. But mm-hmm. at the same time, um, when you give, you should give not expecting anything back. You should yeah. give not expecting any praise. That's not true. Expecting, so I so so it's kind of a double double edged sword. But yeah. um, but I can definitely tell you, there's folks out here really doing the work the best that they can. And and shout out! Ready. I gotta say, because I'm from Detroit. Shout out to Jalen Rose and the JR. I think it's the JRLA Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, been doing their thing for a few years now. Um, so it's that's pretty pretty fucking dope. Jalen yeah. Rose is a dope ass dude, though. I I had a chance to take a picture with him one time. I never showed anybody the picture because it looked like I'm his son. The nigga's like seventy feet tall, man. It was embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, you don't, don't, you don't want that to leak, man. You don't want that to leak. Oh, my God. It's in my phone, too. Every now and then, I'm scrolling through pictures. I look at that shit like, I should delete oh my it. But it's fucking oh my J. Rose. Um, all right, so the night it premieres, you're at home. You, you got you got your people over. You by yourself. Get, set the scene for me. Like, how do you watch the, the, the episode, episode one? So, obviously, I've seen it a billion times on my, you know, laptop and I've been right. working through it, but... I wanted to experience the show with the audience, right? So I um, invited some family over, invited a, a couple of friends, a very small, 
wasn't really a big, I didn't make a big to do about it, but, uh, and, and, and of course I'm still in a very small apartment too. So I ain't got that Irv Gotti, uh, I ain't got that Irv Gotti 200 million yet. So I, I'm still, I, I was kind of limited in what I could really do, but I invite a few people over, just, you know, order some Domino's, uh, shout out to Domino's. If y'all want to sponsor, um, but, but, uh, and, and we, we sat there, uh, and, and in true, true to form, we had some do say, uh, we had some, we Not had, mad at that. you know, and, and we just sat there and watched it and I experienced it. And I, I'll tell you this, brother, I, I, I don't actually remember much from it. Maybe it was the do say, but mm. also, but also <laughs> I would just discuss euphoria, just watching it. You know, I, I'll tell you this, when you're making a show, uh, for network TV, it just flows different when you watch it on, you know, in, in, in the editing bay, than when mm-hmm. you're actually watching on TV and you start to see and understand what, cause TV just has a different tempo when you go in and out of these commercial breaks and you see, Oh, okay. I see why. And I see how it picks right back. Cause this, again, this is my first uh, TV uh, documentary that I've ever done this scale. So just seeing the pacing and the way, man, it's a, it's an experience, man. And I, I really enjoyed um, when I watched it again, cause I, mm-hmm. I, and I, I, I didn't really get a chance to really soak it in because I was in such euphoria just watching my product on on TV. But when I got a chance to watch it back again a couple of days later on TV, I was like, wow, this is it's it's something like you never really experienced, man. Like it's it's one thing, you know, when I was an artist and I first heard my song on the radio for the first time that I mean, that's that feeling is better that's than anything. Feeling. Yeah. That's feeling is crazy, crazy. Yeah. But this this is up there. This is up there. Seeing you. I mean, and then not only that, to, you know, to have your first uh, show that you've directed and produced have, I mean, come on, we I could just drop the mic on Irv Gotti, Ja Rule, and that's it. If I just got those two cats in the, in the, in the dock, and that was the only two people we had, cool. Not only that, we had Ja, uh, Irv, Charlemagne, Nas, Jigga, um, Oh my, I can go on and on. Big boy from you know LA radio. Uh, I mean, I can just go on and on and on about all the stars that we had. Stephen Hill from BT, the former really? president of BT, you know, like heavy, heavy hitters, man. Damon John from Shark Tank and Fubu, you know, like what was that guy like? Um, he's like the coolest dude, he's the coolest guy. He's like, you know, he he's just smart, just a smart mm-hmm. dude. So he's always thinking, gears always going and you know, when you sit down, I, I wish that we can, you know, do uh, show more of our interview because when he talks about his story growing up mm-hmm. in Queens and growing up uh, developing FUBU and stuff, that that story right there is crazy, right? So um, underrated as a brand. Underrated. Completely. Oh my underrated, god! Man. And I lived through FUBU, like oh man, oh man. my god! Shout out to LL Cool J for for dropping FUBU in a Gap commercial too. That shit was fucking brilliant. Word, you don't word. get enough credit for doing that shit. Crazy. Uh, man, uh, I'm sorry. Um, no. I would love to interview that guy. That's fucking dope. Oh, Let man. me... The biggest learning adjustment since this being your first network project... And, and matter of fact, before you even answer that, I want to say... And I, and I told you this the other day. I watched it the first episode. I watched it the first time, you know, because we was doing an interview. And, I, you know, I wanted to watch it. I watched it again because I liked the shit. Now... My expectations, having seen BET shows before, were limited at best. This was not the Biggie movie 
or this was really high quality. I was like, wow, like BET has, has, it's almost like this was the jumping board for a whole new era of BET. Would you agree with that? Listen, I, 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 um, first of all, I love BET and I love our BET partners. Um, but I know camp coming into this, one of the things I was very, very adamant about, I was like, listen, y'all, um, respectfully, um, I love the Chronicles. I love the Death Row Chronicles and the Rough Rock. That stuff is all, the storytelling is phenomenal. But we want to kick it up a notch. We want to, we want to, you know, give audiences, the audience an experience that they haven't had with the BET mm-hmm. show. Like, so I was very adamant that we didn't have the white background, the black background. Let's, let's, let's open up the world a little bit more. Let's give people a peek into the world of murder rank and really let them feel like they're immersed. Let's go into Irv's house. Let's go into uh, uh, Jay's office. We were in Jay's office when we shot that, you know, let's, let's center mm. the story around these characters and where they are. And um, you know, some, some of them, you know, we had a, we had a backdrop. We did the, the Mike Booth backdrop, um, which was, which was really cool. But um, I love that we were able to really get a lot of these really natural organic vibe into the, the documentary um and and i think it really helped to kick the storytelling up a, a whole a whole notch and and to their credit our partners at BET were, were also very adamant about making sure that we were given a premium uh high quality look that wasn't mm-hmm. just going to be the average documentary right and mm-hmm. that that um that i mean i i i couldn't be more proud of the visual presentation of the documentary i mean the incredible uh uh, archival footage that our team shout out to, shout out to uh, Inkblot who were incredible partners on editing and and uh, helping to piece the story together. Um, it, 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 I mean, listen, I'm just very very proud that you know even though you know as a as an artist you look at things and like damn I could have did this better we could have you know tweaked this here but um, at the end of the day you don't let the perfect be the enemy of the great and I think we have a really great product that people can be very proud. I've heard that you know. A lot of folks that we've interviewed uh, um, have watched this back and have been, you know, blown away by it. So I think that right there tells you uh, tells you a, a lot that you need to know, you know. Yeah. Um, and they should be because it's so, so far I'm looking forward to tomorrow's episode. I really want to get, you know, like some sneak shit. Ain't nobody really listening, but I'm, I'm not going to put you, I ain't going to put you on the spot like that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so going from doing shit at home to your first major television situation, what was the biggest learning curve? I would say the biggest learning curve was. Because when you are an independent, I mean, you know, because you're doing, you're doing your show, you're probably doing a lot of stuff uh, just is, is you, you know, it's just all yeah. you, all your elbow grease you put into it. I'm so used to doing that, that that is kind of the norm for me. I actually feel uncomfortable not being hands on with every little thing. I want to be hands on in everything. I want to be in every marketing meeting. I want to be in every uh, post. I mean, I, you know, I was heavy in the post production, but I want to be in every single you know, the clearance meetings, I wanted to be in everything. And, 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 uh, the truth is that when you're handling a project of this scale, uh, mm-hmm. you, you just don't always have the bandwidth to be in every place at one time. And you, that's why you have a team. So working with our team, uh, at, with BT and visionary ideas, um, th- that I'm not saying it's a learning curve because I've obviously worked with teams and I love working with strong teams, but uh, you know, when it comes to this, this type of project, 
I'm used to just being completely hands on with mm-hmm. everything. So learning how to let go and let God, if you will, you know, and, and let, you know, let the other team members do their job and not micromanage everything was a, uh, was kind of the biggest learning curve for me because I, I'm, I'm very much, a um, I, I want to be in the weeds. I want to be in the weeds of every single, I want to take on every challenge. I want to solve every problem. Um, you know, and I want to, uh, dive in and make sure that we are creating the best product. And, um, ultimately I think we did come up with a really good product, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I had to learn to kind of let the other team members do what they're supposed to do. And I play my position and, um, and quarterback the way that, um, you know, that I'm, I'm supposed to, but, that that was probably the biggest learning curve for me was just kind of taking a step back and um and and learning how to be not so hands on. So so and just a quick shout out to some of your your team members. Who are some of the people you were working with behind oh, the man. scenes? Oh man, I got to give a shout out obviously to uh to Irv, <laughs> uh, who was the president of Visionary Ideas, or who who was the founder of Visionary Ideas, uh, the president Darcel Lawrence, uh. Chris Costine, who was a showrunner uh, on the show, uh, Aaron Bowden, who uh, was the uh, executive producer on the post side, uh, Aaron Champion, who was the uh, post, uh, who's, who handled uh, post uh, as well, um, uh, Louise Montoya, who was my my DP uh, for the first half of this doc, and then Sam Hicks, who was the director of photography for the for the remainder of what we did for BET. Uh, I mean, so many people I can shout out my my um my my girl Tony who uh Postel who was uh uh our great brilliant archival producer uh, I mean it, I can go on and on with everybody that we uh, uh such a brilliant and capable team man I mean I couldn't have did it without we we couldn't have done it without each other so uh definitely shout out to the whole team and if I miss anybody I'll, I'll send you a Starbucks card sorry <laughs> 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 who come up who who comes up with the questions for each guest like like for me like it i've got one person at a time so it's pretty you know i want i don't want to say simple but whatever it is you do i typically have you know some time in advance where i can kind of live with that person for a little bit look through their catalog their history or whatever um i don't necessarily have to write down questions like i got like some topics some right. names but that's a lot of people to interview how do you come up with all the questions I'll say this. I interviewed every single individual on this doc. And it, I mean, is well, I tell you that we who you, everybody you see in here is not even doesn't even doesn't even cut it. Like there's so many people that we had to leave. I unfortunately had to we couldn't fit in just because we have a 40 minute, you know, runtime of, of TV. Um, right. But uh, we had to do over 50, maybe 60 individuals that we interviewed. I interviewed all but one. Uh but but I will say that the majority of the interviews um, I wrote down uh, and then, again, because it's a team effort, I mm-hmm. would shoot them up off to my team and the team would come in and say, well, how about this? How about that? And add on to it. But the initial um, string out of the questions would, you know, all be from my from my brain and, you know, formulating around the the, the ag breakdowns that that I created in the, in the beginning of uh, creating this 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 series. And so you you look at the structure of the show and say, okay, what questions do we need to ask to get us from point A to point B to point, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so yeah, it, I mean, it was a definitely a team effort. Uh, but I'm telling you, sitting there in your hotel room, the the couple of days before, and trying to pin out 
you know, uh, 50 questions per interviewee is uh, that's some, that's some you stuff. You had to do 50 questions? You had 50 questions? Oh, man, it depends on who depends on who oh, we had. Yeah, sometimes shit. it was more. I mean, for Irv and Ja, who were, you know, really the the main fabric of this show, I mean, it was hundreds of questions. I'm not kidding you. Hundreds of questions that we had to go through. And I interviewed, I think I interviewed Irv, shit, man, five, six times. I mean, all six to eight hour days. So I interviewed him. And then Ja, I think we did like three or four times, maybe three times. Uh, so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions just for those two oh. brothers alone, and Damn. you know, not to mention all the others. After a while, the, the the good thing is once you start getting down, and I'm going to the weeds a little bit for all my my creatives out there. But as you start going moving down the the shoot schedule, and you kind of have your your core built out of your show, then you start to realize, okay, we need somebody to respond to this. We need somebody that's going to speak to this that Irv said. I need somebody to back up what Josh said here or what uh, what J-Man said. So you kind of start to tailor your your questions to certain individuals, knowing what you need from them. So mm-hmm. those questions may have went from 50 to about 20, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> as we move down the line, um, just because there just wasn't enough time to sit there and, you know, prod every single question that we may have uh, would like to have gotten to. So at what point does, does the story for you develop? Like you, we all know, you know, you're doing a documentary, so you kind of know, okay, it's about Barter Inks, about Irv, Blase Splee. But even in doing so, you got so many questions. At some point, there's like a storyline for right. you. Like at right. what point did, did you know that going in, or was there a certain point during the process where you're like, okay, this is where I'm going with it? Oh, absolutely. So before we ever put a camera up, right? And again, I, I spent three years developing this mm-hmm. uh, project, three <laughs> long years of developing this. So I, over the years, I've, you know, even before we knew it was a five-part series, I had an entire um, breakdown of okay. the entire story, the entire story. I, I personally wrote out the entire story of how I, I seen this thing arcing. Once I knew that we had, um, five parts and then we were doing a five episode series that i then tailored um you know took that edited and tailored it down to okay how do we break this into acts how do we break Mm -hmm. you know episode one what is our act one what's our act two what's our our act out of five and to get it get us into episode um uh you know two three or four or five whatever so um so I, i i laid out the entire uh skeleton of the actual story how we wanted to do it um, our post producer Aaron mm-hmm. Bowden came in, and he, you know, he put his uh, his gloss on it, and he really helped to make it a stronger story because he has, you know, so many years of experience in TV and making these kind of shows that he was able to kind of come in and fine tune and tweak those uh, those story arcs and those acts to make them, you know, just even more fine and even more brilliant for for TV. So, um, so we knew what the story was going in. But I'll tell you, as you're going and you're interviewing folks and you're like, holy shit, I didn't know that was that. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know we could. Oh, let's 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 hang on that a little bit. Let's bring this into our act three and blah, blah, blah. So it's little things like that, that, that of course, they do kind of change and, and uh, evolve as you are actually doing it and building out the the the, the spine of the story with the uh, with the uh, with the interviews that you're doing. But um, we we have always known very strongly what our 
what our core of the story is. Um, the, the real the real fluid uh, thing is really how do you end the show? Because, you know, mm-hmm. again, these guys are still alive. These guys are still right. vibrant and very active. So any, at any given moment, things can change. Right. Any given moment at, you know, for example, Irv, you know, during the process of this, sold his masters uh for his record his master recordings he got this big you know hundreds and so that obviously helped to to alter our ending a lot because we had to say okay well listen how do we factor this into this is where murder inc is now he sold his masters and this is where he's doing that so that that all played a role into um our definitely our episode five and how we ultimately land the Mm -hmm. series so you know, again, I'm not going to give away everything, but that, you know, the fans will see how we kind of land with some of the current things that are going on. Uh, okay. But everything else we had, we had a pretty core uh, understanding of what we wanted to tell. So Irv calls you up, cusses you out for leaving some shit on the editing floor. Yeah. Is there anything that you're kicking yourself for leaving on the floor? Um, Shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say kicking myself because there is a... There's there's limitations with network TV. Again, mm-hmm. an hour TV is truly forty, maybe forty two minutes at best, right? Depending on you know, because as we know, I, I love my family at BET, but uh, we have a lot of commercial breaks. <laughs> you know, we got to pay those bills, <laughs> right? Uh, and so, so if we had a true pure hour of TV, man, there's just stories that we could have got in there. I mean, we got we, there's there's a story about um, the very early Ja Rule, DMX, and uh, uh, Jay-Z song. Uh, it was actually a Mike Geronimo song featuring JX and Ja called Time to Build that came out, I think, in 93, 94, something like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they tell the st- we tell the story, uh, Irv and I think Jay, Ja, all tell the story about how, uh, you know, DMX and Jay and Ja were all just super competitive w- with each other in the studio and how... You know, and I don't want to give it away because there may actually be some opportunity to put this out at some some later down the road. But gotcha. you hear like that dynamic of how it's like, oh, you think he's better than me? Oh, you think he's better than me? Oh, and they kind of go at each other on the song, and it's like this is early, early. They, I mean, they weren't even nowhere near where they are today. But just to hear that hunger and that that passion and drive that they had so early on, it's shit like that that I wish that we could have just kept in. Uh, but we we were unfortunately had to make you know a few adjustments because yeah. uh again 40 minutes of runtime ain't really shit on network tv you know mike geronimo ah, mike geronimo is is he in the documentary he is in the documentary in the sense that we talk about his story but he did not participate in the in the documentary no polite decline or not asked um, I think there was some real real and I mean there's some again there's some shit that's just too deep for yeah he's pissed too, 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 you know, too, too hard for the too harsh for TV. Okay, and I think they just it, it wasn't going to work out because there's some real um, animosity there between uh, the camp. So um, I think it would just we we just had to leave that alone. What was Nas like? Nas is like the cool Esco man. He is the coolest cat. He is truly like the coolest cat you want to meet, man. Like truly, <laughs> truly, like. I hope Jay doesn't get mad because everybody says Jay is the is the coolest and Jay is cool, but you know Nas is really just like he's just cool. Like he doesn't he doesn't get excited, he doesn't get happy, he doesn't get sad. You know he's just like and he he was just a real like uh, he was just a real dude. You know he was just real. I mean again that's another 
I mean, Nas is one of my favorites as well. So to be able to interview Nas, that that shit is crazy. Like to me, it's like, yo, like like, like listen, man. I, I like to think of this as um, because I'm still a rapper and an artist at heart, right? Mm-hmm. I like to think of this as my my this is my reasonable doubt. This is my get rich or die trying. This is my uh Vinny Bettavici. This is my first album, right? This is my first album, my first studio album. And gotcha. for your first studio album to you come out, swear, out you know what I'm saying? And have Jay, yes, yes. Uh, Nas, Ja, Earl, <laughs> Kevin Lyles, Steve Stout, Leo. I mean, this, this this is my this is my first album, you know, and like that's a crazy that's 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 crazy, man. This is like the college dropout for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is incredible. This All is so- perfect albums, by the way, except for oh, I don't, I was never the biggest Jay fan until after the retirement. Interesting. Interesting. After the retirement is when I just really started to, and then I could, I kind of went back and was like, okay, this is a lot better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. Um, Jay, Jay is, I mean, I think that it's just, Jay is just, I, I think his brilliance is just in his, his honesty, but his also his ability to make you feel like you are, you are, there with him you know like and, and you're on this journey with him even though you may have never had lost 92 bricks you know at, at 560 state street but you feel like you are you are there you feel the hustle and you can relate like honestly yeah. you, can, you can relate no matter what your hustle is it's just that he has a certain drive and a certain like like there's there's a there's a limitless to jay-z uh and his music that i think um i it's intangible because you can always find somebody that can be technically more more syllables and like Eminem. I think it's just amazing technical rapper. You know Detroit, right? And Royce yeah. the Five Nine. They're just amazing technical rapper, and and you feel them too, right? But some, somehow, in, even even though Jay is a great technical rapper as well, but it's just something about the way he makes it so palatable and so yeah. like so transferable to whatever you're doing um that that that's what made you. me a fan you know that's what made me a big fan and i i, I will be for for life man <laughs> i feel you um have you changed your phone number yet i know the calls have, I, I, know, I know your uh, auntie from cucamonga that you listen. ain't never talked to and your cousins from dakota are called it's gotta be a little overwhelming listen i um um hold on you see that this is why i need to change my phone number right now um uh, <laughs> this is let me see yeah see i'm changing my number tomorrow see i i don't i don't have it i don't have the 200 i'm sorry uh but <laughs> sorry um uh, no <laughs> no my 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 no <laughs> no I, listen um I, i'll say this man I, i've always had kind of a small circle anyway so the mm-hmm. folks that do got my number uh are people <laughs> have already already been down so i can say 90 percent of the people that call me 90 more than that 98 percent of people that call me i'm still picking up and nothing changed because you know i've learned over the years to filter out some of the bullshit and some of the people mm-hmm. that i know it went really with me uh and there's a lot of people man and we can get into we, i can do a whole podcast on this there's a whole lot of people out there who who who, who doubted the kid you know and I, I don't you know i'm not gonna name no names uh carl um, no, I'm just, I, there's no Carl. I didn't know your names, but 
But no, no, no. I mean, not even to be petty. I, I mean, I know this is intellectually petty radio. And it's but, okay to be petty over here. But listen, <laughs> it's a lot of people that just don't. I think this is transferable to anybody out there who got a dream. Um, and, and sometimes you sound crazy to folks. Sometimes you really sound. Listen, man, I'll say this. Even when Irv had hit me up, I was working. I was in production. I was in production meetings. I was doing all. I was, I was, you know, all this stuff. And people were still like, oh, man, that shit ain't going to really happen. Oh, man, I would just, you know, he just he just trying to sell you a dream, man. He ain't going to let you direct that doc. Oh, man, that shit going to go away. I'm, I'm dead ass. This is the real conversations I had. People were telling me that I should think about Did doing you think that stuff. at some point, though? No. I never, never did I ever have any real doubt that this would happen. But you know why? Because... I believe so deeply in me and what I'm doing, okay. right? That to me, it's it's like, yes, God blessed me with the opportunity to meet Irv and to have this opportunity. But guess what? I did the work before that. I did the work that was that made me ready Thanks. and prepared for this moment, right? So everything that I did from me being a rapper, from me being an intern at radio stations, for me running the radio station, for me doing all, doing music videos for a hundred dollars. You know, and and sometimes not even getting paid that. You know, all the mistakes and all things that I that I did prepared me for this moment to deal with it. Regardless that if if Irv um, gave me this opportunity or or, or not, or if Irv, um, I won't even say Irv because but but I will say if this opportunity was able to pan out or not, I was still going to take this and and you know learn from it and mm-hmm. and make the most out of it and leverage it into the next. Thing that I had going on because that's just why I'm a hustler. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a person who is very driven about what they want. I know what I want. I'm not um, confused about what my journey is and where I'm trying to go with my journey. And so, for other people, it may be th- they may have walked away. Other people may have walked away because it definitely was times, especially during the pandemic, especially during the pandemic when everything got shut down and. You know, because we were we were going to start production in 2020, actually, mm-hmm. with another company, uh, and the pandemic happened, and that shut everything down, and that was very discouraging. But I never gave up because I believe in Herb. I never gave up because I believe in myself. I believed in this project, and I understood that this project has a lot of value, and what we're doing has a lot of value. So, no, I, I would have never walked. I never even contemplated walking away. While other people would have. I'm able to recognize and, and understand the opportunity, understand the long game, right? Not just the short term. Oh, I need a couple of bucks. I'm going to tell you, you, you will go broke on your journey. You will, you will go broke on your journey. I don't give a damn if you're a millionaire. You are going to go broke <laughs> on your journey. Like, yes, a couple of times. A couple of times. And, and, and you, will be, um, you will be discouraged. You have, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have things that's going to come and slap you in the face and say, why are you doing this? You have people that come along. You listen, even to this day, even to this day during production, post production, now that it's out, you still got people who don't believe that I should be where I'm at. Because who is this guy to be a director? Who is this guy? He's the first time to, you know, why is he getting this opportunity and I'm not? Why is he getting this? And, you know, and and to those people, you gotta just say respectfully, fuck you. And, or, (laughs) you know, sorry, but this is, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be because I worked hard. To be here so um you i forgot can use it as gasoline yeah. or you can use it as water it's up to absolutely. you absolutely listen i tell people all the time man i say 
because folks say don't focus on the negative. And, and listen, I don't focus on the negative. I always focus on the positive. But I focus have, on the negative. That shit gives me energy. Yes, yes. You have to take. Listen, man. Grow. Uh, 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 plants don't grow without cow shit, right? You can't when, when you when you turn on your car, right? Every time you turn on your car, guess what happens? There's an explosion that happens in your in your in your engine, right? That makes that car go. Now, an explosion in any other environment, any other setting would be a bad thing. You don't want anything to explode, right? But Thanks. but in the car, you know, in the controlled, contained environment, you use that as gas or as or as propellant to move that car forward. So I take all the negative energy. I take all the the naysayers and stuff. And I don't believe them. I don't internalize it. But I take that energy. Oh, you don't believe I can do this? Oh, you don't. Okay, I'm gonna show your ass. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show yeah. you. And that's and that yeah. that's that's. I'm not gonna say that's all that drives me. Of course, there's some pure passion that drives me, but you know, you, I would be lying if I didn't say I wasn't a little intellectually petty, and and that was the shit that that drove me, <laughs> that, that drives me, and it makes me want to go even harder, like to show you because nobody's going to tell me where I can and cannot go. Nobody, Man. nobody. All right, um, I know I ain't got much time left. Yeah, um, yeah. liar, liar, coin. I'm sorry, Lior, Lior Cohen. Lior Cohen. <laughs> You had some really nice things to say about the guy. One of the few people I've heard say really nice things about the guy. <laughs> is it just are you just bullshitting me, bro, or is he actually a really nice guy? Listen, I go, I I meet people with the energy they meet me with, right? And so right. when I met Leor, um, it was hard to get him. I'll say that first. It was very very hard to get him. We had to chase him down a couple of months, uh, but when he did, we, we did finally get him. He, I mean, I was actually shocked. This, I actually forgot the you know this is probably one of the questions you asked me earlier, but I was shocked at just how because um, you hear the rumors, you, I mean you hear the stories, yeah. you hear everybody's stuff. Yeah. But he was very he was very kind, patient. Um, I mean he he was very collaborative, um, and, and and very patient and, and giving with with his time. And he was actually a nice dude. He was actually a very nice, sweet guy. And and um, um, you know. He he's listen, man. When you are worth, I don't know how much he's worth. But when you when you have done what he's done, man. Um, sometimes you ain't got no time for the bullshit, right? And uh, and you know, and I hear all the stuff, culture vulture, and all that stuff. But um, my experience and my understanding and learning of Leo over the years that he's somebody who is passionate about the culture. Um, sure, did he, you know, do some things that people may not be happy with? Or did he capitalize off a certain thing? I'm sure, but hey, still sharp and still, man. And and because of the things that he's did, he is the reason why we have um, um, rock nations and we have uh, QCs and these these companies today. Because people are like, oh, I'm not gonna let somebody else take our culture and do yeah. this and that. We're gonna take this. We're gonna we're gonna own our own shit. We're gonna have our own thing because of. And I'm not again. I'm not saying anything that you know about Leo or like he's this or that. But I'm just saying that if that if that is the common uh thread that people say then then we should use that energy there should not be any space for yeah. anybody who isn't of our culture that we that to not come in there you you go out there and get it you go out there and run dev jam you go out i'm not saying you but you know what i'm saying for those like for those i'll take there, a check though yeah oh yeah absolutely but like you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> for, for those like we have to step up and 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 take ownership over our culture and leor from my experience and from what I know is just somebody who's very passionate and loves, actually really does love hip hop, you know, and um, 
he may not look like uh, some of the, you know, he, he may not look like you or me, but he's definitely somebody who loves the culture and is passionate about it. And of course, it's going to rub people the wrong way when you're not black or brown, you know, and, and you, you're running shit in hip hop. But truthfully, yeah. I can definitely say that he, uh, he, he, he probably really earned that, that slot that he he's in because he really gives a shit about, about this culture. So, um, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Leo. And I will say, I do think that, that he did view Irv as his replacement. Yeah. I think that, you know, I don't, I don't think he knew how to communicate that to him. And I don't think even if he had that, that would have tempered Irv's uh, ambition because no, no, he wasn't going to wait. No. And he shouldn't have to. Um, but I got, I, I can't, man, if there's matter. Oh, hold on. Let me beg yeah. right now. <laughs> when, when you shoot your, when you shooting your first movie yes, and you sir. need an old fat balding black guy who may or may not have teeth at the time, give me a call. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to cast myself. So I'll, I'll, if you know somebody, uh, <laughs> Hey, I know a sister though. If you, you, you looking for a, a, a sister that, that can act, I actually know one. And I'm, I'm just one of those people. I, like if I know somebody that knows something, I try to hook you anyway. Oh, um, talk, yeah. You, hey, you, you got my number. You know, I'm always anything you need, bro. Whatever, just let me know. I cannot, I can't thank you enough, man. Yeah. This has been an honor and a privilege. And, and you know, I rock with you, bro. This, oh, man, ain't, this ain't gonna be the last time. No, you know, hell so. no, hell no. I, I'll be yeah. back. Uh, I'll be back probably at the end of the, sh- the series. We'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can really talk some shit then. Hell yeah! Because I'm Hell yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have some real questions that 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 you know series based that I because oh, yeah. I got some questions about shit you know because I know who's in it, mm-hmm. but you know I, I I understand how this goes and I don't oh, you yeah. know I, I don't I don't want to steal anything and I don't want Irv calling me up cussing because <laughs> he will he definitely will I'm he'll sure. call you and he'll curse, he'll curse me he'll out. call you up what's that nigga number right he's gonna call me he's gonna call me a fucking idiot. He's gonna say I'm the worst uh, director yeah. in the world, and then he'll invite me over for for burgers afterwards. So that's just how we get down. I'm not mad at that, man. You know, um, if, if people want to hire you to direct a movie, they video, whatever the case may be, how they get in contact with you? Well, it's not that easy. Uh, to just, <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I forgot. No, nah, you Hollywood. No, I'm fucking with you. No, 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 no. But people, no. Listen, I'm always. Um, I'm kid. I kid, but I'm always open to hear new pitches, new ideas, and um, always down to collaborate. So if you want to reach me, you can reach me at on, on Instagram. I'm big on Instagram, uh, at C-Suite Music. Um, Instagram, same thing, at C-Suite Music underscore. Um, yeah, hit me up, man. Just look me up and and we, you know, and reach out to me. If you have a great idea, we'll talk, and um, I will, you know, we'll see what we can do. But I'm always down to collaborate. And, and, and if you just want advice, like for, th- for those out there looking for um you know some some advice some 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 guidance some words of wisdom some words of encouragement i got you you know just just uh hit me up i've been there um i'm still there in many ways um but i'm always down to share with little knowledge and um and uh experience i have with my fellow creators and fellow entrepreneurs out there so uh you know hit me up man i'm always always down to talk pleasure to be a stop on your journey to greatness bro um no doubt man uh other than that, we're gonna wrap it up. Let you get back to 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 life and the greatness that it is at the moment, and looking yes, forward to even bigger and better things. Uh, okay. I want to say thanks to Herb Gotti, man. Um, 
that's fucking dope how y'all went about this. And yeah. I don't know what led you to tapping into Michael J. Payton. Um, it was more than just his documentary. It was something in your gut. Uh, and you made the right choice. Can I, can I say one more thing before we go, brother? I know I'm Absolutely. long but I definitely want to say there's a lot of, uh, you know, negative attention right now on earth because of things that he may have said or how he might have gone about presenting things. But I definitely want to say, and I may have said at the top of the show, but you couldn't find a more, I mean, listen, who else would take a chance on a kid from YouTube or your Instagram to direct his whole documentary? Who else is out there giving other young black creatives their, their first shot? I mean, their real first shot. And that's Irv Gotti. And that cannot be lost. That cannot, I mean, you know, he, he's also a guy that doesn't like to brag on it. So he, he doesn't sit back and count up the, out, the accolades and stuff or count, you know, oh, I've done this, you know, um, or I mean, he might not even be aware sometimes of all the impact that he's having on people. But I have to say, Irv is, he employs so many people. He gives so many people a shot, uh, you know, on on his 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 company, Visionary Ideas, is ran by a black woman, uh, Dar- Darcel Lawrence, you know, who, you know, he's, he's given an opportunity to, to run the company and, and, and do amazing things. And he gives so many women and so many uh, up and coming folks opportunity in a shot. And I hope that that um, one day gets the same kind of attention and, and, uh, and, and admire or, you know, look that some of the other negative stuff out there gets because uh, he, he, he's really out there doing, doing some good work. And is he human? Yes. Does he sometimes put his foot in his mouth? Yes. But he also is someone who will give you the straw off his back and someone who also will give you a shot when nobody else will. And I just want to make sure that the world knows that about Irv. Yeah. Shout out to Irv, man. He do the same shit you and I do. He just got a bigger platform. There's more people watching him. Because I say dumb shit on a completely daily basis and nobody cares. Same here, here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, man, we out. Have a yes. good one, bro. Um, like too, I said, hit me up if you need anything. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Peace. Look- um, on that note, uh, we are out of here. This has been Jobs, and this has been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Um, and go to NerveDJsRadio.com. Download the app. Hit the mic. Uh, and go to nervedjsradio.com and tap in and check me out. I'm on this Thursday. We got uh, the brother who founded Black Owned. Let me get this right because I forget shit on the complete. I forget shit every day. Um, And I want to make sure that we get Black Gun Owners Magazine correct. All right, yeah, make sure I got that right. Anyway, uh, that was pretty fucking dope. It was, and I'm sorry, it's Jay Williams, the founder of Black Gun Owners Magazine. Um, and that'll be at NerveDJsRadio.com at 7 p.m. this Thursday. Uh, gotta thank Michael J. Payton again, man. Y'all just don't know. I was crushed that I did not record the last uh, interview. This was even better. Appreciate you, bro. Um, if y'all need anything, y'all know how to get in touch with me.